0: I don't ask anybody's question, but yours. since you're an idiot,
1: my wife can score more than two buckets on eleven shots because I know my wife will at least shot fake one time.
0: I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my. All right, thanks for checking out another episode of Made for March today. Tim Leonard and Tyler Rocky and. Ty, has it hit you yet? I mean, we're, what, six days away from the start of the season? It's as of right
1: around the corner, Tim. we're This is, I mean, we had the NBA draft last night. NBA draft was awesome last night. I don't know if we're going to hit on any, anything that we saw, except for, okay, can we hit on this? We have to start with this. Bruce Pearl, what was that? Oh, I mean, yes, thank the you. The guy was locked <laughs> in, in, a, in a basement. I don't know, and then Cal, I saw... I can't remember who tweeted this out and I I am very very sorry I can't give credit for it but it was a you versus the guy she tells you not to worry about meme on Twitter oh, it was yes. Bruce Pearl locked in his black box theater versus Cal in his office with all of the jerseys and trophies and medals and all that stuff so uh, good old SEC battle even on draft night how, Did how about you see- that for the draft though SEC and Pac-12 both with six
0: players taken in the first round and weird year that no Kentucky in the lottery, no UNC, no Duke. No Blue Bloods. Duke didn't Bloods. even have a first round pick. No I mean, Blue Bloods. Is... Yeah, we gave out this pick, all right? We gave out are a blue great Bloods pick. Blue Bloods dead, Ty? Or, they I might mean, be dead. We, at that point? we might need a
1: little CPR. <laughs> I guess we're about to find out today when we start to get into some final four contenders. But when you we gave out a great prop on our draft preview. Do you remember what it was?
0: The Pac-12 one, Well, right? we, gave out, we, we actually gave out
1: a number of winners. We gave out the Pac-12 yeah. one.
0: And we'll we, go through some lines today on Bovada Sportsbook, on like some because com- the conference lines are out. So we'll yep. probably give you a couple of those as we go through our guy, Lewis. But We anyway. gave
1: out the SEC over 5.5. We gave out both of those. And then we gave out Duke players drafted under 1.5. We said, whatever the juice was, lay it, because it
0: wasn't going to happen. And none of them got picked. I never sweated that play out the entire night. I laid one bet on the NBA draft. It was Patrick Williams under six and a half and he went four. So I cashed. Leonard you know, I'm Hamilton happy man went to too. your team. Yeah, yeah, I'm a happy
1: man too. So the ACC numbers were down. The uh, the Big Ten numbers were down. Jalen Smith, though, uh, one of your guys. I was. What did he go, 11th or 12th? He went, he went very, 10. very early. Did yeah, he go 10? the Suns. Good, good for him. I think that's a great pick. And... A little weird alongside uh, DeAndre Ayton, but this is a guy who can stretch the floor. So looking forward to all of all of the Suns stuff that's going to happen now with uh, with Jalen Smith.
0: Yeah, it would have been better if you know he went to the Celtics at 14, but that's neither here nor there, I guess. And I was just going to say real quick, Bruce Pearl. The, I got confirmation on this. Matt Norlander tweeted it, so I got to give him proper credit. But he uh, joked that Pearl t- texted him and said that it was it was in a grocery store parking lot in, like, the middle of nowhere, Georgia, I guess, that he did that hit. Also, like, he was recruiting. He had to have been recruiting, yeah. right? I He's mean, in Georgia. What are we doing here? Like, <laughs> he was on, like, a flip phone, it looked like. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think we he can talk about this enough. He phone to,
1: like, a potato to try to get a signal there. Like, that that's what that was. I mean, there's no other way that that was standard data.
0: Yeah, so... Like, this uh, is 2020 on right end, it's now. it's kind of... It's 2020, kind of everything sucks, but we
1: know that phone coverage, and, and cellular data does not suck in 2020.
0: It's kind of a minor miracle that he actually got on the air, right? Like, he's in a parking lot in the middle of nowhere. What went through his mind when he was like, yeah, okay, I've got that NBA draft hit, like, in front of millions and millions of people. I'm representing so like, my
1: program.
0: Yeah was was that his was it a long con to just now we're talking about him so i mean we're talking about him today yeah. in, in auburn i mean maybe that's what he was thinking he's he's playing chess we're playing checkers i don't absolutely it can you imagine like scheduling your your you know checkers well, we're not playing checkers day. i think
1: coach cal's playing checkers here all right he he, right, he went with yeah. the standard background that we've seen a million times
0: yeah, it was a nice camera, though. I'll give him that. That was like an HD camera. Yeah, it was it was popping. But ESPN probably yeah, just leaves I, one there for him. I just i'd I'd pay good money to see Bruce Pearl's calendar of the day, and I just love to see like grocery shop or just like right on the same time overlap as ESPN hit in front of millions of people on the NBA. I just how can you be in that position where you're like so accustomed to fame that you're just like, yeah, I'll just pull up on on this parking lot of a grocery store and and chat about my guy, Okoro, who went and I'm,
1: five. I'm but. scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, and Auburn, 66th in Kenpom to open up the season. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, they
0: have to replace a lot. Um, there sure, you but. go. All right, well... We'll get into some Bavada lines later. We'll get into um, our one-and-dones in just a sec. Today's show is Guy Lewis, category of the Tears of Joy. For those that don't know, Guy Lewis, the coach at Houston, who just never could quite get over the hump. So essentially, these are our teams that, for me, it was 10-20 to 20 in my preseason top 20. Um, we'll be doing Woodens early next week, which is our national title contenders, who we think is on the short list to hold the trophy at the end of the year, which will be in Indianapolis now, we we know officially. And today is just the teams that we think are still really good. Either we're lower on them and some of them as national title contenders, or we might be higher on them, but they're just not quite to that tippy-tippy top tier, which is the national title wooden contenders. But let's start with the one and duns. One-and-done. Oh my guys.
1: Obviously, we have one in our conference. It has a doctorate degree in one-and-dones, right?
0: <laughs> I think the first big thing to get to Wichita State officially has moved on from Greg Marshall. We talked about it last week. It seemed inevitable. Jeff Goodman reported it. Now it's official. They have named Isaac Brown an assistant internally as their interim head coach for the season. Got to be an odd year for them. But did you see that Danny Manning, sources are saying, was reached out to? And we joked last week, or we were talking about it seriously, what is the Wichita State job? like? What will we take over that? I feel like they can do better than Danny Manning. I know the guy's like a Kansas legend, and it's in Kansas, and that kind of makes sense, but never was really a fan of his X's and O's at Wake Forest.
1: He was a good recruiter, but the X's and O's, you're right, always, always, always suspect. So I don't know if they're trying to step on the, the, or the, the Jayhawk toes here by going after a guy like Danny Manning, but doesn't add up. I think you can do better. I think the Wichita State job, you can find the the trendy young coach at the Mid-Major and just pull him up. I think that's the that's the goal if you're Wichita State. You've got enough cachet in the bag right now. I mean, what the the buyout for for Greg Marshall was like 7. some 7 something for Oh yeah, the, and by the million? way, he
0: has, he has, he gets that money even though Kevin Ollie didn't get the money is what the reports yeah, are. Yeah, go figure there. But Yeah. It... <laughs>
1: There is like, money in that program. Now, will they spend it on the next coach? Because that that's the question, I think. Are you going to spend the money on the next coach? Because Danny Manning's not going to go in there and coach for Peanuts, okay? No. He's not, he's not a guy who has to go and revive his coaching career. He can kind of do whatever he wants, I feel like. So when I think about that, i am I'm wondering how much is Wichita State going to spend on their next coach? Are they going to shell out, given the fact that they have this buyout with Greg Marshall that they still have to pay off? Or are they going to go a little cheaper, maybe get that, that trendy mid-major guy who can take the next big step in his career and settle on a guy like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it paid a top-20 head coaching salary. They were paying Marshall good money, so I would expect them to get a pretty big name. but I'll be curious to watch that. The Big Ten announced their schedule. Big, biggest thing from the Big Ten schedule, they're playing four games on Christmas Day. And I guess they're just going to compete with the NBA for ratings. But we've never seen this in college basketball, to my memory. I mean, maybe there's smaller teams, but a power conference Big Ten game. They got Wisconsin at Michigan State, Michigan at Nebraska, Iowa at Minnesota, and Maryland at Purdue is on Christmas Day.
1: Can we just give college kids Christmas off? I mean, seriously, Yeah, this this is so (laughs) short-sighted by the big 10. I I don't get this. I get that a lot of these big 10 players like to to stay home and and play for the, the in-state schools, but come on, you're, you're holding yourself back. I, you, you should not be having, that should be one of the, the mandatory days off on the NCAA calendar is Christmas, no competitions
0: on Christmas. And speaking of Wichita state, they are still in the Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic is the name of what used to be the Battle for Atlantis. So that's the reason why I want to give you the field here, Ty. Because are we still doing your theory of Battle for Atlantis winner leads to Final Four? Because I this field is getting worse by the day. Texas A and M dropped out. Can I, I tell mean, you this? Not a whole lot. What?
1: Uh, you know what? I'm going to save it because we are going to be talking about uh, some Battle for Atlantis revenge in the Guy Lewis section of okay. our preview today.
0: Great tease. Well, anyway, we'll uh, we'll get to that later. But that tournament is, there's been a couple teams pull out. There's still West Virginia, Creighton. It's a decent field, but it's not what it usually is for that caliber of, of event. And remember, it's in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So that's also pretty odd. Um, another one and done. Tristan Clark from Baylor. One of their rotation guys is medically retiring from basketball. Kind of sad news because this was a guy who, When he played Syracuse, I know we follow Syracuse pretty closely, and and when they played him in the tournament that year, he was like the best player on Baylor's team and was an all Big 12 preseason guy the following year, gets injured, came back last year, played like 13 minutes a game, just never really was the same type of player, and he's had lingering knee issues, so he's medically retiring before this season. Baylor loses a rotation player, but more than anything, I just feel for the guy because Had a ton of potential in the sport, and it's kind of sad that it's come to this this early in his career. Was
1: Tristan Clark the one that was also dabbling with ESPN at times, where he'd do halftime shows? There was a Baylor Bear that would also do ESPN. I want to say it was Tristan Clark, but I could be wrong there. Anyway, if that is the case, he's got a nice spot for him in a booth somewhere, because he was really good when they had him on studios and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I don't remember, but I hope it is because y- you hope that he kind of, you know, quickly gets to continue his basketball career doing something else because had a very bright future at one point. Uh, final thing on the one and dones before we get to the Quick guy. Google Lewis. search
1: is telling me it was not him. I'm, I'm oh, not seeing okay. him anywhere.
0: Hmm. I really want to know who it was now, but but maybe I, you can let us know if you come across that. Uh, Duke is hosting Michigan State on December 1st. That's the Champions Classic, but it's going to be a Cameron Indoor The catch here is Michigan State will then get a game in the upcoming years after as like a return game that Duke has committed to. So they will go to East Lansing in the coming years. But that's going to be the Champions Classic December 1st, Tuesday. That's kind of the first big time ESPN blockbuster games. You've got 730 Duke, Michigan State and Cameron and then Kentucky, Kansas will fall at 930. So Blue Bloods and it's just you know, four top fifteen teams. Whether you agree with that or not, that's the AP poll rankings at this point. Are we still getting Tuesday the
1: night. the college football playoff sandwiched in between too? That because they always did that, and I'm wondering if we're gonna get that. Oh yeah, again this year <laughs> in point. between the a little college crossover there for you. Anyway, um, it was King McClure. He is the Baylor player that did all the oh, ESPN okay. stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's the perfect. I I won't even call it an appetizer, but that's like. That's like the appetizer that you order as a meal, like if you get wings or something. that It's listed under appetizers, but you can get it as a meal. Nachos, appetizer, but you can get it as a meal. That's what that yeah. is for me for the Big Ten ACC Challenge.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. that that's when it really heats up. I and mean, there's some good games, and we'll get to the slate next week. I think Wednesday the big games are Mohegan Sun, Arizona State Baylor. Baylor is just going to be involved in a lot of big games on your TV in the coming weeks. Gonzaga, same thing. And Illinois and Baylor. I'm really excited for Illinois Baylor because that's a game that's I think the Wednesday, so December second, if I'm remembering correctly. And we'll get to Illinois. I don't know if we'll get to them today. They're they're not on my Guy Lewis list. But anyway, you want to just dive into the Guy Lewis's now? Well, anything let's else do it. in the week? All right. So the Guy Lewis, I think I have nine teams in front of me here. All teams that I think will be top twenty teams by the end of the year, just not quite tournament teams. I'll kick us off. A team that is actually in that Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic. I saw Jeff Goodman was just like, or whatever it's called in one of his tweets this <laughs> week. When referring to that tournament, which was pretty funny to me. Um, that's that's just where we're at with the 2020 scheduling. Anyway, Creighton is my first team here. And probably my highest ranked team in the Guy Lewis. I was close to putting them in the wooden tier. I just couldn't quite get there because of their defense. And they're kind of like the Iowa thing for me that we discussed in our Denny Greens episode. Crane's going to be a top five offense. They're probably going to be outside the top 70 defensively, though, unless they take a leap there. They lose Tyshawn Alexander, who I believe got drafted last night. I didn't see the end of it, but I I hope he got drafted because he deserved to. And uh, Marcus Zagoraski is going to be their guy. He's awesome. He can defend. He can facilitate. He just does everything for you. He was 16 16 points per game last year five rebounds or five assists, four rebounds. I mean, he does a little bit of everything for you. It's just how many stops can Creighton get this year. But I I like their prospects because they're going to be a fun team to watch and they're just going to have tons and tons of offense. And that's kind of been their MO for a couple years now.
1: You know, it's funny because they were a phenomenal defensive backcourt last year when they had Tyshawn Alexander to go along with Zegarowski. So losing Alexander, I think, hurts a lot. I don't know if they're going to be quite top, or outside the top 70 in defense, because they are bringing in some players from transfers and what have you, because this was a team that last year, I think it is in my, my infamous long uh, ticket when I made my first legal sports bets. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. They were one of the teams I had for the final four at very good odds. So they, they were a team that could have gone to the final four a year ago and are one of the, what if the great what ifs of the 2020 college basketball season from a season ago, But the intriguing ad here to me is Antoine Jones. He's going to come in, transfer from Memphis, didn't get a lot of playing time. He was one of Penny's first big guys that he brought in. And when I say big guys, I mean like heralded recruits. He was a top 50 guy in the class of 2018, not like a a James Wiseman, big guy, big guy. Um, But with Antoine Jones, the Memphis thing always was kind of fishy to me because the fit wasn't always there. Remember, he originally committed to Oklahoma State out of high school. But that's when Oklahoma State got in a little bit of hot water. I think it was with the with the the shoe companies and stuff like that. And so he decommits from Oklahoma State, ends up at Memphis, which if you're going from one place that's in hot water to Memphis, that kind of a, a red flag of of judgment there. But we'll let it pass hmm. because he's now at Creighton. And I think this could be a better fit for him. Because it's always weird when you've got the guy who originally wants to commit to a certain school and then all of a sudden can't because, well, there's an investigation underway. And obviously, if he was at Oklahoma State this year, he wouldn't be contending for an NCAA tournament. So I I like what Antoine Jones can bring to this team. and the, But the you're right. The reason why I can't get them all the way up to the wooden status is because of the Tyshawn Alexander loss. I didn't order my my Guy Lewis's. I just have them all kind of free-flowing right. here. But, but I, they are one of them, They right? are one of my eight. I have eight,
0: you have nine, I have eight, and they are one of the eight. Okay, yeah, I I agree with that for sure. They do have some nice new pieces this year. They're going to be a fun team to watch. I, You know, I was also sort of thinking about this before the season, and as we kind of preview, like, who is going to maybe hit an over on their win total or overperform, I'm kind of circling teams that are in sort of weaker conferences. And the Big East, say what you want about it, like UConn could be sneaky good. There's some teams that are kind of fun in there, but it's Villanova, it's Creighton, and then there's a drop-off, and Providence might head up the rest of it. There's not going to be a ton of tournament teams, and there's going to be some easy wins night in and night out in the Big East. And you look at Creighton, they are playing Kansas on December 8th, and I think it's at Kansas if I'm not mistaken, so that's a big game for them. But outside of that, they'll roll over the rest of their non-con games. We don't know their official schedule yet, even though it's six days away from the start of the season. That's just where we're at. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to win a lot of games because they're in the Big East. And maybe we'll see this year some teams kind of get exposed once we get to the NCAA tournament. I was thinking about that because if if one conference is just like subtly a lot worse than we think, we won't know until the ncaa tournament right because unless there's there's not going to be enough non-conference games and obviously teams change from non-con to conference play anyways
1: right yeah the crossover you're going to get like your classic crossovers, so the big 10 acc challenge the sec big 12 all that stuff but i'm with you there i think that we'll we'll see so creighton's odds on Bavada to win the national championship something that both you and i don't think they can do but they're 25 to 1 Here's what might be a little more intriguing though, because again, all it takes is is winning one big game at the end of the day, and this is to win the Big East. You've got Villanova, the heavy favorite, and the team that personally I would pick to win the Big East. But I'm not picking them at minus 105. Creighton at a plus 333? You you might be able to entice me there, especially offensive-oriented team. If they get going in in their conference tournament, they catch fire, lightning in a bottle there, they could really, really make an impact there, and I think they they could win the Big East that way.
0: Yeah, I think I'd still I don't think they, Villanova. Yeah, no, I, I'm not picking team.
1: Creighton to win the yes the Big yeah, East regular you. season, but for the conference tournament, very well could.
0: Yeah, I I, I kinda like Villanova's odds at minus one oh five, honestly. I don't take features
1: with a minus in front of them.
0: Really? That's one of your Never. rules? It's one of my rules. Okay. Can't do it. Hmm. Alright. Well um yeah, I think, I think Creighton's in the mix, and then it's kind of everyone else. you got UConn plus 500, Providence, and then a group of other teams are plus 900 on Bavada there. So, yeah, the Big East is going to be interesting. It's, it's going to have a lot of wins for Creighton. I mean, you talk about DePaul, Georgetown, even Butler's kind of down. I know they play hard, but I just feel like Creighton could rise up the polls this year and get to four or five. Because they're in the Big East. And if they beat Kansas, I mean, then we'll be like, wow, like they went on the road, they beat Kansas and they've got all this great conference record and it's going to be easy for us to inflate them a little bit.
1: Right. All right. Ready for mine? Here's here's my first off the board here. You you hit on one of my eight. Let me give you Michigan as one of my okay. guy Lewis teams. Michigan's a scrappy group. I don't believe they made the preseason polls. Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe they're like 25 or 24. But I don't think they did, yeah. This is a team that brought in a class as impressive as anyone heading into this year, and here's why. So their overall recruiting class, 14th best in the country, three top 100 guys, but their transfers that they brought in on top of the the recruiting class, Sean D. Brown from Wake Forest, Mike Smith from Columbia, two of the top transfers you could have snagged. You got Sean D. Brown, who has power 5 experience and then Mike Smith who was a 20 plus point per game scorer at Columbia. Those are two of the best transfer pickups you could make. So when you encapsulate the entire class, you're looking at in terms of newcomers probably a top 3 group of guys that are coming in. And I think that that is going to be very very good against a bunch of guys that are already coming back. I mean we're looking for our, our Franz Plosion, as I like to call it. The 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 return of Wagner with, with Franz Wagner, the, the younger brother of of Mo Wagner, and then you've also got Liver's well, back and uh Hunter Dickinson. I think this is gonna be key. Eli Brooks also back too, by the way. But Hunter Dickinson, a center. I like him. He's a guy yeah. that's gonna come off the bench to start probably. But at some point I'd imagine he starts and and gets his minutes in the the starting five for Jawan Howard. He's a big dude, seven foot, and just takes up a lot of space. He's a traditional center. And I'm I really think that he could be an asset, especially against some of these centers in the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, we were sort of joking before we recorded this podcast, and this was not today, but we've talked about in the past how we maybe could like rename the Guy Lewis category to just the Big Ten Conference sometimes when you look at it and, and what it's got this year because there's so many good teams. Yeah, I'm looking and through. I just I've
1: got uh, almost half of my Guy Lewis's already right. the Big
0: Ten. <laughs> yeah. And and I'll get to my next one on my list is Michigan State. So in in that same ballpark for sure. And I think I have a couple others. And honestly, Iowa is is probably a preseason top 20 team for me. I just wanted to be like hot takey and and put them in Denny Green just kind of for the fun of it. Anyway, I I do think Michigan is a good team. I just can't get all the way there with him. And And I think the young freshmen just worry me more than usual this year. And I've talked about that a lot, how I'm looking for continuity. And we just haven't really seen it. Like we haven't seen enough from Juwan Howard to back a team that is talented, but we we don't have a lot of proven guys on yet. I I know he's a great recruiter, and they continue to recruit amazingly well, even out in the upcoming classes too. And that's going to stay that way. I mean, we knew that going in. What do we know about him as as the head coach, X's and O's wise? I feel pretty good about it. And Michigan fans, if they're listening, are probably I mean, yelling. He, he like,
1: learned under Eric Spolstra
0: like yeah, let's that, that, let's call that, that, one is. that
1: that's one of the best x's and o's guys in basketball right now so oh, yeah. that's why it doesn't worry me as much as some people and listen michigan got out to a hot start remember they went unranked to what did they go up to like thir- third four? in the country <laughs> yeah, third or fourth last weird. year and then guess what i think they still have some of that battle for atlantis water in them so my mm-hmm. official theory on the battle for atlantis oh you're pushing theory, it over i see it carries over it carries over so michigan is my final four lock it in right now lock it in michigan a final four team this year
0: i don't think Bavada has final four odds yet but are they even on the board for title michigan yeah here they are plus 2500 for winning it all so maybe you you get there and you hedge
1: get there and you hedge. yeah
0: right yeah that's a good point um, so where where is Michigan? Just out of curiosity, in like your Big Ten ranking slash philosophy tiers of the conference,
1: Michigan for the Big Ten, I will put them at. I'm I'm just looking through some last couple notes. Like here. Iowa got,
0: or Michigan, if Michigan, you Michigan, Michigan, okay, Michigan got, State or Michigan, Michigan. Wow. Okay. So you, I have Michigan,
1: Wisconsin. I have Michigan, Michigan, thir- uh, I okay, have Michigan right. third <laughs> among Big Ten teams.
0: All right. So Illinois, Wisconsin, then Michigan. Is yes. that your Okay, mm-hmm. I got you. All right. So Michigan State next on my list. These I'm I'm not going to actually go in order of ranking because there's a couple teams that we've already talked about that would slot in a little bit higher, but I'm sure at some point we'll kind of give out our full preseason top 20 in order. Michigan State, I'll be honest, almost had them as a Denny Green and I'm a little concerned, even though I put them in Guy Lewis, I think most would put them in the Guy Lewis category of 15 to 20 in that sort of range. And I get it, but they're losing a lot, man. Like Cassius Winston is. Your I mean, I yeah, just watched He's last
1: guy. night. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And then Xavier Tillman. So they're down a rim protector who was a defensive player of the year in the uh, Big Ten. And then they're down a former Big Ten player of the year in Cassius Winston from 2019 it was the heart and soul of their team just gone last year. And they do bring back some pieces. They add Joey Hauser, who I'm excited about, is kind of a stretch forward type guy for them. Rocket Watts, Aaron Henry are back. And then, you know, Joshua Langford. this is the, the preseason question that we've stumbled on each of the last two years now. It's the big mystery. He's missed the last 57 games, but once upon a time he scored like 15 a game for Michigan State. So is he going to be back? It seems like he's going to start the season healthy and Tom Izzo's had good words to say about him. He says he's about 100%, so optimistic, cautiously optimistic about him, but I just, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks for me, and I'll be honest, they kind of have whiffs of the UNC team last year where I don't think their roster is anywhere near top 25. I mean, it's it's like a top 30, top 35. UNC, a lot went south
1: because of. The Cole Anthony injury and Armando Baycott
0: not playing up
1: to his talent
0: level. Yeah, but UNC last year, you looked at them and you were like, okay, they've got some question marks and they've got some incoming freshmen that are talented, but it's UNC, so we have to put them in the top 10. Well,
1: to me, UNC just didn't have their their Cam Johnson last year. Can Joshua Langford be their Cam Johnson this year? And and that I think is going to be the big question. And and again, it's the same question we've asked the past couple of seasons is what will we get out of Joshua Langford? Now, I'm really excited for Joey Hauser here because I'm hoping that now that he doesn't have to play alongside Marcus Howard, he can unlock something there because he was solid with Marquette, but now he's got a chance to be good, maybe even great and, and be like an all big Ten first or second team level guy. That's what I'm looking forward to. For me, composition-wise, roster-wise, probably a Sweet 16 Elite Eight team, okay? And I was almost tempted to not put them in this, in this Guy Lewis tier. But yeah. the Izzo Magic bump, can they get that that's get thing. to the Final Four? To me, Th- that's, that's why, enough yeah. right there for me to throw them in the Guy Lewis. Listen, they're not going to win a national championship this year. They're probably not even going to win the Big Ten this year. I don't see them as a team that can get hot and go on a run. So if you're looking at odds here on Bovada, you've got Iowa, the leader in the clubhouse at +265. That's followed up by Illinois, Michigan State and Wisconsin all at +350 apiece. So, I like the value on the Michigan pick I gave out, 11 to 1 because A Michigan just has a knack for winning the Big 10 title. And B, I just I don't see Michigan State posing as big of a threat as the odds might suggest.
0: Yeah. No, I mean I think what what's happening here, and it makes total sense. Don't get me wrong; I love Tom Izzo, and obviously we should note Tom Izzo has been test he tested positive, but Michigan State is still practicing, which is like kind of weird that the Big Ten can find a way to still practice, but the ACC, when Jim Boeheim tests positive, they have to shut down. It's that it's may sort have been of an like,
1: institutional choice too.
0: Yeah, I I don't know enough about it candidly, but I just know that Michigan State is still practicing and Syracuse isn't. So they're still like, should be ready to go for the start of the season. And they've got that big Duke game. They've they've got some interesting games on their calendar. I just feel like there's a world where we're in early January, early February. And we're like, yeah, why do we think Michigan State was going to be good? I mean, they lost Cassius and they lost Tillman. Tillman was everything for them on defense. And I don't really know who fills in as the rim protector for them. They've got Bingham, but he's just skinny. They've got and, a couple
1: of guys that they're just gonna try to find the guy. Like it, it's gonna right. be darts. You're you're playing big man darts here and hoping one thing works. And
0: that scares me. <laughs> I mean, like and that's that, fine. That's, that's a that's not normal valid for State. Yeah, yeah. I I just think it's Tom Izzo bump that gets them to 15-20. So I don't want people to be like, oh, if they overachieve, they're going to get to five. I think this is like them kind of already overachieving in the rankings based on the roster that I'm looking at and the talent. I mean, the talent's good, but like Rocket Watts, for example, he's going to now be the point guard. He could be an all-Big Ten first-teamer. so He could have an awesome year and have, like, a big bump. But he could not. I mean, he played great at the end of last year, so it gives me a lot of you got to hope the maturity's he there
1: because he, he played a little loosey-goosey at times last yeah. year, and you can get away with that when you've got Cassius Winston as the other guy in the backcourt. Can you get yeah. away with it now when you've got Joshua Langford back there with you?
0: That, yeah i'm hoping just, Joshua if
1: langford back there with you
0: if you're gonna lose two players to lose your point guard and a rim protector that's in you know, a pick and roll heavy gets.
1: offense yeah
0: yeah it's it's not so I'm, yeah. i have some concerns but there's still a guy lewis team for yeah. me who's next for you
1: uh i'll round out my big 10 teams here and give you iowa i think that anytime you bring back the best player in the country you have a shot to win it all and what i say when i say best player in the country best returning player in the country Obi Toppin was the best player in the country last year. I know they were a Denny Green for you, but I have to put them, and I do think there is a a whiff of fraudulence here, but I have to put them in this guy, Lewis, because when you have that, you've got a chance. Now, the defense, obviously, monster concern, but this is one of those teams where I look at it and say, they've got a decent chance to go to the Final Four, probably almost as good as anyone, but they have absolutely zero chance to win the whole thing absolutely done. and that's that's fine <laughs> right. like that's what a guy lewis is get to the final four no chance at winning at all side note because we've already kind of gone over um a lot of iowa did you see that they have aaron Eulis? he's one of their incoming freshmen this year i had no yeah. idea about this but he's the brother of tyler yep brother of tyler, tyler. U- yep, yeah. tyler ulis and what polar opposite schools there you've got kentucky who's the one and done academy <laughs> And then you've got Iowa, who, do you even get a diploma unless you play five years there? Like, that's that's the level that I'm looking at between those two. But Aaron Eulis maybe he's a guy that can provide a little spark for them. Remember, Iowa, everyone loved Iowa last year because they were enamored with Luca Garza. But if you look at the bracket matrix, and again, for those not familiar with the website bracket matrix, it's dynamite come March Madness time. It basically yeah. takes every single um, bracketologist and, and their projections for who's going to get seated where and makes a collective list of, of everything and then it tracks a, a composite seating for each team bracket matrix had them at a six seed last year so that's that's and that what... would have been their highest ever under uh McCaffrey under McCaffrey yeah so yeah again can get to the final four absolutely are they going to win the championship
0: no shot and it's amazing because they're second on Bovada in odds for winning it all still. Plus 750, Villanova's plus 700. Those are your two top teams on Bovada. And then there's a drop, Gonzaga's plus 1,000. So I just don't see it. I mean, I, I laid out the case a little bit. If you missed any of our Denny Green pod, go check it out because I ran through some of the Ken Palm numbers for their defense and how it compares to other Final Four teams. I That's the big thing for me is the defense. But the offense is just downright awesome. So going to be a fun team to watch. Another Big Ten team for me, I'm I'm guessing this is a wooden for you based on you saying you were done with Big Ten, but I got Wisconsin in the guy Lewis here. Are they a wooden for you? They are a wooden for me. Okay. So Wisconsin has a super high floor. I just couldn't quite get to a high enough ceiling for them to be a a national title contender. Now, I I guess a national title like top 10 favorite is how I should put it because things can change. This is a team that I like and I like some of the trends with them. I was doing a lot of digging this year and trying to find teams that were playing really well at the end of last year, like UCLA. And that's another team that's on my guy Lewis tier. And they finished the year eight and O remember when Micah Potter came along and, and was eligible for them and, and was able to play. They were awesome. And, and, and they, they got back rid of Kobe King
1: everyone. too.
0: Yeah, right. It actually was a benefit. Um, Yeah, so they're balanced, they've got a ton of experience coming back, check check there for like what I'm looking for in terms of teams in this weird COVID year. I I just couldn't I I just didn't see enough like pop on their team, enough star power. I think people will point to Reavers for sure, and he's a nice piece and he does a lot for you on the defensive end as well. They just feel like a typical Wisconsin team that has a lot going for them, but nothing that elevates them to that really tippy top. And maybe I'm off, but
1: I'm going to have, I think,
0: eight wooden teams. And if I were going to order them, they
1: are eight. But I think there's a chance that they can win. And therefore I have to put them
0: in. Right. I think they will probably win the big. So this is weird. I think Wisconsin's going to win the big 10, but Illinois, I'll spoil it. They're a wooden for me because they just have a higher ceiling than yeah. what Wisconsin has. So that's that's what it came down to for me. I mean, Ken Palm projects them as 19th on offense, third in defense, seventh overall. And remember, they always seem to get kind of a Ken Palm bump. We were joking about it last year the Big Ten before they got does, good. Yeah, yeah and, but those are solid stats. I mean, that, that's a team that's going to win a lot of games in a tough league, and they're going to be a tough out in the tournament. I just couldn't quite get to NCAA tournament winner level with them.
1: That's fair. Uh my next one that I've got, I'm going to go let's head to the ACC here, shall we? Let's go to Florida State. Now, yep, the Seminoles, the Seminoles are a team that lost a lot. Lost a lot. Yeah, they did. I mean, you look at um <laughs> Trent Forrest, Devin Vassell and then Pat Williams both going in the draft last night. Forrest of course Water graduating. Picks. Yeah, both of them lottery picks. Good, good on the Ham Fam. All right, we, we've got Jam Fam, we've got Cam Fam, and now we've got Ham Fam. Okay, Devin Vassell and Pat Williams. This is a team that, if Patrick Williams came back, and again, he he played really well towards the the back end of last season to work his way, and then the scouts, of course, loved his his physique and all that stuff. But if he came back, that's the ACC Player of the Year. That's the ACC Player of the Year, wow. no doubt in my eyes. He's the the ACC sixth man of the year as a freshman, and the fact that he cracked the rotation as much as he did with Leonard Hamilton says a lot. Now, here's what I'm going to talk about with Florida State. They bring in Scotty Barnes. You want to know how talented Scotty Barnes is? He's going to be the first freshman to start for Leonard Hamilton since 2016, when I believe it was Jonathan Isaac that did it. So I don't trust the bench as much as I have in years past, but I trust the starting five a lot more. I think you've got a potential star. In Scotty Barnes, probably going to be the ACC freshman of the year. It's what would you say it's a two man race between him? Jalen, yeah. I was going to say Jalen Johnson. Okay. And then Caleb Love, I think you can throw his name in there. Yeah. You got a a three man race there for that ACC freshman of the year. But Scotty Barnes is the most talented in my eyes of those three men. So I'm going to be looking to see what they get there. And I just don't think we're going to see Leonard Hamilton do his 10 guys, 10 minutes thing again. Where he's got 10 guys and they're all going to average at least 10 minutes a night. I think you're going to see the rotation shorten up a little bit, but you're still going to maybe see 10 guys a night. It just may not be the 10 minutes a night that he's been giving out in years past, even though it's a, a formula that won him a, a quote unquote ACC championship a year ago. Right. So yeah. Um, the big name to watch here is what they're going to get off the bench. Because again, none of the the names off the bench are super, super intriguing to me, but Sardar Calhoun, I think I'm saying his name right, a Juco transfer for this team. One of the, the highly regarded Juco transfers. Listen, Leonard Williams knows how to pick a project. So if he can hit on this one, this might be really good for Florida State.
0: Isn't Mini Zion still there, right? Roquan Gray?
1: Uh, yes. Team? I believe
0: he's still there. Okay. Yeah. I think he is too. Cause they lost Shevsky on the bench, but I think that was basically it outside of that. I mean, the three guys you mentioned, Forrest, Williams, Vassell, those are all. Huge, yeah. Ray Gray is
1: still there. Redshirt junior.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all, I'm pretty in on Florida state. I, I think they're firmly my guy, Lewis. We just kind of know the book on Leonard Hamilton by now. And I saw the athletic put out that he was the most underrated coach in the country. And it's it's like such a trendy pick at that point. At this point to see that. Yeah, you wanna
1: know why he is? What is it now? Eleven draft picks in the last ten years. Yeah, they
0: yeah. low key. I mean like he, he's been Bart, out it's be football. Another. Although yeah. I guess football what? Football
1: has a national championship nestled in there. But yeah, right now it doesn't a, feel like it. A lot of a lot of these uh a lot of these Florida State fans are much more excited for basketball season than football season.
0: Yeah, I mean Barnes is going to add to this list. He's sixth ranked recruit in the country. You touched on him. He's going to be excellent. He should be a lottery pick next year. I went back. This has been a good program for a long time now. I mean, 2016, three seed. They make it to round two. They lose. 2017, or I think it's 2018. I'm I'm off by year. Nine seed. They go to the elite eight though. And they, I think they beat Gonzaga that year. If I'm remembering correctly, they kind of went on a run. I I loved Florida state that year. That's, that was yeah, one of my big upset picks. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I remember that now. And then that was that improbable
1: uh, comeback win against Gonzaga. Or yeah, was it Xavier? Right. Was it Xavier?
0: No, it year? was Xavier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so classic. They were down. Yeah. They were down
1: by like fifteen twenty. They were points nine and then against a one. Absolute right. second half blitz job. Absolute yes. second half blitzing.
0: And we love Leonard Hamilton. I mean, he closes out our podcast for for good reason. But uh, the year after that, which is the last year that there was a tournament, four seed, but they make it to the Sweet Sixteen, so they overachieve. And then, I mean, it's a shame that they didn't get to continue it last year because they were ACC "quote unquote" champs, and they were projected a one or a two seed. I mean, they were fourth in the country when the season ended, so probably a two seed. But still, I mean, that's I mean, if you win the ACC, a they're run. a one
1: seed. So
0: yeah, I know it, it's. It's been a great run, and we know what we're getting with these teams now. They were 15th in D last year on Ken Palm. They were 10th the year before. They're going to lead the ACC in steals, probably. They're going to have a good turnover margin. They're going to block shots, have athleticism, have length, and now we're customary to they're going to put guys in the NBA, too. And, I mean, props to Leonard Hamilton. Like, at this point, he's he's elevated Florida State to Tier 1 pretty much, like, consistently, almost to what, virginia tony bennett has done not quite yet because he hasn't won a national title but i, I just can't he's say good the things door. about him yeah. yeah yeah it's it feels like it's inevitable i don't want leonard hamilton
1: another. to be the next guy lewis let's just put it that way
0: yes and uh, a sneaky really long and successful coaching career even before florida state from leonard hamilton as well people quick, forget he was coach at miami i right. think and quick yeah, marketing idea
1: for you here all right uh-huh. When Florida State wins a national championship, a Leonard Hamilton led national championship. Can I give you a little, a little uh, T-shirt idea here? Okay, let me float this. Okay, it says champs. Okay, gold letters. Yep. Okay. And then the H A M are in that that maroon oh, uh, crimson. So creative. Color. You like that? <laughs> there you go. That one's free. I thought you're
0: do a play on my last name and in his first name, Leonard. Oh, I got no, excited no, no. that it was going to be personalized.
1: But no, sorry. No, the
0: ham. The ham makes sense. That champs. You,
1: but ham. You're uh, you're going
0: to have to be a, a ham fam member for life now. You got Patrick Williams on your team, and I mean, we've always we've we're, always we're been ham fan. that point. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Um, next on my list, let's see. Can we talk a little bit about Oregon. Are they on your list? They are not on my list. I was very close to leaving them off. They're the last team to make my Guy Lewis category. They lose Peyton Pritchard, who's now on my Boston Celtics. Uh, reluctantly, I'd say. Much to your dismay, you were not happy yeah. last night. No, I just, and it's it's such a weird thing because Peyton Pritchard was like one of my favorite players in college in the last ten years. I mean, how much? But he's do not we the love? what?
1: Twenty six? Is that where he went?
0: Yeah, it just didn't. It felt too early. And it there's just so many of those guards in the NBA that you can get in the G League or whatever. So anyway, a big, big loss, though. I mean, Pritchard is your point guard. Now it's a question mark. He did so much for that team in terms of hitting the clutch shots down the stretch and just guiding the offense and, I mean, making tough shots consistently night in and night out. He got a lot better last year, and I thought was on a, a pretty legit case for being like a top three player in the country at certain points last year, the way he carried Oregon and the way he hit the big shots. This is just kind of a classic Oregon team still though. They, they've they got length, they've got depth, they've got athleticism and I've seen enough from them. They're again in an easier conference, kind of like the big East and the crane thing for me. They'll pick off some wins. They'll have a pretty good record. They'll climb up the poles and they've had success in the tournament, similar to Florida state where they haven't always been one or two seed but for whatever reason, they just seem to get it done in March and get it done in the conference tournament as well. So I always like backing them. I actually I have no
1: Pac-12s in uh, either, either of the, the upcoming tiers for me. So
0: Really? No Pac-12 huh.
1: loving. So that's okay, though.
0: I got UCLA as well. And we already kind of talked about UCLA, mm-hmm. how I'm yeah. super high on them. But it's a similar thing. I, I can't say it enough. I really think teams like UCLA, Oregon... Teams like even Seton Hall, Providence, they're just going to slowly creep up the top twenty-five this year. And I'm some people are probably listening. Like the Big East isn't that bad, but the Big Ten and the Big Twelve and the SEC are so good, and, and in the, the ACC, ACC. Yeah, yeah, it's like if you're a, everyone a, else,
1: every other conference got better last year, except from last year to this year, except for the Big East.
0: Yeah, is that that's fair to true. say? That's a good way now, of putting there's it. There's
1: a team that got better in the Big East. Villanova got a lot better, yeah. but the conference as a collective did not get better.
0: Right, and they did add UConn, so UConn, I think, is going to be a sneaky good team, and, and a lot of people are very high on them, and they have some high ceiling, I'd call it. But yeah, I, I just think if you put Wisconsin in the Big East, they would they would rip off a ton of wins, right? Yeah. Or like, but then you think about where would Creighton rank in the ACC? Probably fourth or fifth, honestly, because you you got the blue bloods there. I mean, I think maybe a better example is. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
1: So you no, I think they'd be like seven or eight, maybe nine.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's going to be a little deceiving what they're doing, I think. And that's just because we don't have the luxury of the full non-conference slate. Now, we will get some games. It's not like there's nothing. But we're going to go from, okay, everyone just gets thrown in without much prep time into the non-con to, okay, now it's time for conference play. And everyone can kind of either beat up on each other if it's the Big Ten or teams will start separating some of those lower conferences. So I think UCLA is actually a legit good team. And then you add, add in the fact that they're playing in the Pac-12 where they're going to have a lot of wins. So they're they're definitely a a Guy Lewis team that I'm high on. Who's next on your list?
1: All right, we're going to go back to the to the ACC here and pick up UNC because you've got three super talented returning guys in Leaky Black, Armando Baycott, and Garrison Brooks, who is the preseason ACC player of the year. Now, UNC brings in the number two class in the country, six freshmen, including Caleb Love, a guy who I like. And a guy who I think can get this team back to kind of playing with pace. That's something that they lost a lot of when Cole Anthony was out last year. But remember, when they had Kobe White, they were really good when they were playing in pace. So that's what I'm going to be looking for out of a guy like Caleb Love. Now, I think that that number two class is a little deceiving to me. Because a number of the super talented guys you brought in, you brought them in at at positions where there's kind of a logjam. When you look at... De'Ron Sharp and and Kessler, those are two guys, both big men, both like four or five. And guess what? You've got Armando Baycott and Garrison Brooks there. So how many minutes are going to be up for grabs for guys like Sharp and Kessler? That's what I'm interested to see because otherwise you're just taking up two two important role guys. Like you're turning guys who could be impact guys into role guys. And that's not what I like to see. And that's why I'm putting a bit of a ceiling on UNC heading into this year.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. If they can make a trade, which obviously they can't, but they would try to trade like Kessler or Sh- or even maybe you know Baycott. what? Best
1: their best case scenario this year would have been if Armando Baycott had said, "Screw this, I'm going to the draft," and just like gone undrafted. I, I don't know. I mean, I you think want that would have Baycott been best case scenario for UNC. Like, listen, I think Baycott's great, really? but I think you you would have maximized some of these other guys, and I think that would have been better for the team as a whole.
0: I mean, I think it's a good problem to have. They just don't have enough wing play to really. I I still have them as a wooden and maybe that's a little bit of bias. I do think they're going to be pretty good this year. And a lot of that comes down to I think Love can answer that question mark at the point guard spot, which I guess it's like, well, why can't uh, Rocket Watts answer that then, Tim, at Michigan State? And and Love is probably less of a known commodity. Love hasn't
1: given you a reason to not believe.
0: Let's put it that way. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm I'm banking on him living up to his recruiting ranking. And honestly, Cole Anthony, it's not like he was he was injured, so he made a lot of mistakes and forced up a lot of shots that were tough last year. That was kind of frustrating to watch from a UNC fan perspective. So I I think you bring up some good points. The question is, can they shoot and can they get enough out of the wing position? Can Leaky Black take a step up? Can uh, Cam Johnson's brother Puck Johnson come in and Puff. be an immediate contributor?
1: We love Puff and here.
0: Yeah, so I mean it's a first team all name for sure, but how much can he contribute? They they bring in some freshman guys that allegedly can shoot. We just don't know for sure yet. And now I'll we'll say this: wait and see.
1: UNC plus six fifty to win the ACC on Bovada. I think that's your best value like right there. Yeah, I think that's what your are best the value. Uh You got the leader Virginia plus two fifteen. They can just well they they can steamroll through this conference if they want to. You've got Duke at plus two twenty five, and then you've got Florida State at plus three hundred. So there's a grouping there. They're kind of tearing yeah, them all up. One, two, and three. I think you should be sliding Carolina into to tier, into that group of three into and make it a make it a table of four. I think they're yeah. they're good enough to be given that sort of respect in the conference. So that's why I, I'm I'm going to go with that. By the way, can I give you a preview of what the headlines will be in Chapel Hill? What is it? The Raleigh News and Observer. What they're yeah, going to one. be like in 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 the previews for the twenty twenty one-22 season. Can I give you the what the headline will yes, read in the Carolina this. preview? Do you believe in life after love? Because I think Caleb Love <laughs> is going to be that good of a player for this team. But there you go. I, I've given yeah. you a, a t-shirt idea for Tallahassee. I've I've done the work of the, the copy editors out at the the Raleigh News and Observer. What will my next trick be? In this podcast today,
0: and that that's great. I I got a kick out of that. I I almost like when I was doing my all. Oh, because remember you don't get an ACC. Yeah, which is such bullshit. But yeah, we, we bull- and, but, yeah okay. but but I did, and I I almost really went for like a crazy hot take and said Caleb Love first team all ACC because people say there's a lot of good guards. There's Kehe Clark. There's David Johnson. There's Chris Likes. There's Joe Gerard. I mean, I get it uh there, there's a couple other guys that I'm probably forgetting as well but for a little bit I was like huh like does Caleb Love have like the highest ceiling of all these guards even though he's just a freshman I I couldn't he fall might. in love with uh Hey Clark even though I, I think A Clark is the most valuable player on Virginia's team which could win the ACC and I'm high on Virginia I still was like he's not gonna put up the numbers to be like all ACC first team is he and I think well, did Trey I Jones put up Kihei. the
1: numbers to be ACC Player of the Year last year? No, but no, they they he put he their blue blood have. goggles on, and and that's how it's gonna go. So I think yeah. you were totally well, is right. Well, Virginia Blue Blood. I mean, are we there yet? No, we're not I don't know. exactly. So that's why Kihei Clark what? will will get bumped down, and and Caleb Love stock up.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I almost talked myself into him at first team, but that that's a big question mark for them. How good can Love be? And they also have. Um, a couple other freshmen that will be, you know, key in the backcourt as well that need to contribute yeah. right away. Um, all right. So How many more me, do you have next left? Up, uh, let's see. I got three more we have not discussed, and two of them are, I'll just spoil it, Houston and Texas Tech, who I think we already referred yeah. to because you had them as Denny Greens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I don't have to go into too much detail because we're going kind of long here, and I kind of laid out the case. If, you, if you're if you a Texas Tech or a Houston fan, go back and check out our, our Denny Green podcast. West Virginia is my last one to add here. Um, West Virginia is going to be good. Another team that finished the year on a high note. They finished 10th in Ken Palm. And they bring, like, everyone back. So, again, continuity coming back. It's weird. West Virginia was good in the Big 12 last year. They finished third in the Big 12. They finished 10th in Ken Palm, as I said. They were 281 in experience per Ken Palm last year. So that was one of the Mm -hmm. younger rosters in the Power Five. Now six of the top seven scorers are back. McBride's good. He could take a leap. There's enough scoring to go along with just Huggins' defensive principles that I usually buy in on. And they really didn't press a ton last year. They kind of went away from that. We'll see. And that's something that
1: is a sign of good coaching right there. He knew that that. with the youth on his team, and I'm talking about Bob Huggins here, he knew with the youth on his team, you can't throw them into that. And guess what? He didn't. But next guess what? This year, Preston Virginia might be back. They may be dialing that thing up to 100 this year and throwing some teams in the Big 12 off. So West Virginia was another one that I had here. But it felt like they were kind of rallying out of the post-Javon Carter world. And now it's it's kind of, you, you feel like you're there a little bit. I mean, West Virginia, if you ask the common fan, not even like, but just the common college basketball fan, even like the diehard college basketball fan, I bet you they can't name a single player on West Virginia heading Yeah, into that's year. a good point. And it's just <laughs> it's a... It's just uh, balance. It's just balance. I mean, the only guy that anyone might be able to name on West Virginia is Jordan McCabe. And it's not because of what he is on the basketball floor. It's because he's a TikTok star too. I think he's got like 125,000 really? followers and over 3 million likes on his TikTok. So... Jordan McCabe is the only one that people might know. And guess what? He's probably, I won't say the worst of the starters, but he, he's not in the top three, I would say.
0: Yeah. I just usually like West Virginia, and I've always kind of thought Bob Huggins underrated, if anything. And then, you know, they check a lot of boxes this year in terms of a formula. To win in 2020. So, do you have any more, Guy Lewis? Yeah, I got one it? more. I've got
1: Florida okay. for you, and maybe I've just got my my gator glasses on once again. You're always high
0: on Florida. Yes.
1: Yeah. Listen, Mike White. I, I'm a I'm always a fan of him. And here's what I'll say about Florida. They've got a, just a bunch of returners this year that can pop. When you look at Scotty Lewis, Keontae Johnson, Trey Mann, Noah Locke, if they can get some solid bench production. Uh, from one of the transfers that they have. I think they've got three transfers heading into the year. But the, they can win the SEC with that. And I felt like last year they put too much of their too much of their season expectations into the transfer basket. They expected Kerry Blackshear to turn into, like, Patrick Ewing last year. And maybe that was unfair. And so I felt like a lot of guys last year maybe took a step back because it was, all right. They were we, too young. We yeah. got to get Kerry Blackshear to just haul us – and take us to the promised land well that never happened and i see florida on the board at Bavada plus 700 to win the sec and i find that to be supreme value i like them over lsu and i think they can give both tennessee and kentucky a run for their money especially if these guys start to pop a little bit in this upcoming season i know they're a very you. you'll get people that either love florida or hate florida and I'm just going to say, I think if Mike White can put it all together, he's had a lot of success in March. So if, if, let's see, we know Keontae Johnson will probably be pretty good this year. Noah Locke was their only other returning guy from a power five that averaged double figures. So can Scotty Lewis or can Trey Mann take a leap? If you can hit one of those two, I think you're in good hands. And guess what? I think Scotty Lewis is a stud and he can be that guy.
0: Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit. I think they were a bar bias for me. Scotty Lewis is going to be awesome. I'm weighing on him. So, yeah, I think plus 700 is pretty good value. I'm pretty high on Tennessee. They're a wooden for me, and we'll get to our woodens. I guess that, that does it for our guy Lewis, so we'll get to our woodens on the next episode. But Tennessee plus 265 is, is kind of intriguing there on Bovada. All right, anything else before we wrap up? We got first full week of college basketball next week starts Wednesday, so we will have the woodens and then uh we'll probably start previewing some of the games on our maybe Monday or Tuesday episode depending on when it drops,
1: yeah, no, I'm looking forward because it's right around the corner now we're we're gonna have games the the next time you hear from us, the games will be like a sleep away let's put it that way yeah
0: man, that's awesome and we'll we'll probably have some bets for you and and get into the gambling on what we're looking at on our slips and cards for the first week. All right. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Twitter at made the number Four March. And you can also follow, follow Tyler and I Tyler Aki underscore. Is that yeah. right?
1: mm-hmm. at Tyler okay, Aki okay. underscore? You can hit me up. I do consulting work as well. So if you need t-shirt ideas, if really? you need headline oh, right. ideas, any of that stuff, I got you. I'm your guy.
0: Yeah. The, the Caleb love headline was, that's going to be a hard one at top as the season progresses here. That That was some of your best work there. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode. We'll be back with you guys early next week going over our national title contenders, the Wooden Tears of Joy. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll chat with you guys then. The game was over.